Welcome back to another episode of the Dad You Podcast. We're so glad you guys are joining us and we pray that this has been encouraging and uh, equipping for you. Uh, maybe a little challenging and convicting too. That would be great. Anything that the Lord can do to use us uh, would be awesome. So we have back again with us in the studio, uh, Dr. Oren Martin. And uh, the official title, is it just Director of Equipping or... Is the uh, word pastor in there? No, okay. it's technically senior director. Senior director. Yeah. Okay. I know. I'm just like, I'm just part of the equipping team. Right. Just a normal guy. Yep. Yep. That's great. So last time you shared your story, uh, how the Lord changed you and uh, the impact even of, of your dad in different ways, even as a struggling dad and yep. in his own private life, still the impact that he had on you and mm-hmm. how awesome that was. So here's what we're going to do today. I just want to spend some time talking to you, Oren, about how then does a dad make his home kind of a Christ-centered home? Like, what do you? What are just a whole bunch of ideas? Yeah. And so, dads, for you listening, I do not want you to hear, please, these are all the things you need to start doing today. Yeah. My challenge is always pick a thing and then just say, hey, I can I can start to do that. Or maybe just tweak something, whatever it is, that, that you're already doing this habit, turn it into something more meaningful, whatever it is. But I just don't want you to feel overwhelmed. But if there's just a thing that you, you can begin to do and then just recognize that, um, Satan is always about discouraging us, mm. is leading, um, reminding us of our failures or our inconsistencies, which so many times it's just true. You know, when he, we think of Satan being a liar and the father of lies, but I just know so often him condemning me before the father, he doesn't have to lie. Like he's yeah. just telling, talking about my day. Like, yep, that, that was me today. So always remember your identity in Christ um, as you're even thinking about doing these things. Mm-hmm. But what do you have for us? What are some ways that you or dads can um, have a Christ-centered home? Yeah. Yeah, man, what a, what a good question. And, you know, I'll just be the first to say I do this imperfectly. And mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been a process for us to grow in that. And I'm so thankful for uh, godly men and women who've, who've invested in us. Uh, who have modeled Christ-centered homes for us? Yeah. So you know, a little part of our of our testimony is we when we moved to Louisville, Kentucky in 2004. We did not have kids. We'd been married for five years. We we actually did not want kids. Probably Cindy did not want kids more than I didn't want kids. Wow. You know, uh, we, we'd seen you know families with kids and they were crazy and we were just like <laughs> we got enough crazy in our life right. and well we're good. You know, like uh, and when we moved to Louisville for the first time, we really kind of saw. You know, in a in a myriad of ways, just what what parenting is, and the the blessing of children, and the purpose of of God's design and marriages, and having children, and uh, having homes that that believe the gospel, and 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 rejoice in Christ, and you know all these kind of things, and and live the gospel out of their home, and, and do that for their children, and so on and so forth. So, you know, we had wonderful families who 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 God used to to really give us both desires. Now, like, oh, we see God's plan for the family. Hmm. And we we want we we want to be part of that, yeah. You know, good. And so we're we're super thankful for that. And, and these are some of the things that that we've learned kind of over the years. You know, first of all, you know, and I think I'll go back to you know I shared my testimony. The 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 first and most important thing for me is you know before thinking about okay how can I cultivate or, or you know kind of uh, uh, build a Christ in our home by God's grace I I want to live a Christ centered life. Yeah. And so, you know, before, you know, I want I want the gospel to impact our family. I want the gospel to impact my life, yeah. you know? And so I, I want to think carefully and I want to think deeply about how, what the gospel is and how it connects to my life. And not just part of my life, but all of my life, right? 
And, you know, again, you know, you said just, you know, a couple of minutes ago, our identity in Christ. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to move past that yeah. because it's so important that, you know, Romans 6 is one of my favorite passages that, that you know, after Paul has this astounding view of God's grace, right? And, and you know, where sin increased, grace increased and abounded all the more, you know, like— you know, if, if Paul was accused of anything, it's, it's having a too too big a view of God and His grace, right? right. Because the the you know he anticipates the the uh, you know his objector saying, well, if that's the case, if if grace if grace abounds even more, where sin abounds even more, then then we ought to sin to get more grace, yeah. right? And Paul's like, how can it be? No, right, right. how can it be? Because don't you know that you who have died with Christ have been buried in in His baptism, you've been baptized into His death. Mm-hmm. You've been raised to walk in newness of life. You've been, Ephesians 2, seated with him in the heavenly places. This is who you are. Uh, what's true of Christ is now true of you, believer. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes by Sinclair Ferguson on this topic is, if, if you are, if your identity is in Christ, if you've been united with him by faith, and I'll just challenge any of our readers, go through the New Testament and circle or underline with a pen uh, or pencil, whatever you do, all the times it says in Christ, yep. with Christ, through Christ. I mean, it's literally hundreds of times. That's that's our fundamental Christian yeah. identity is if, if we are identifying with Christ by faith, if we believed in him and received him in our life, you are no longer marked or defined by your past, mm-hmm. Singular Ferguson says. <clears throat> you are now defined by Christ's past, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Yeah. And that's so profoundly life-shaping because I can think, oh, for 21 years, this was my past. I was addicted to pornography, uh, you know, alcohol, whatever it is. And we can often think, oh, that's just who I am. It was kind of like AA, right? Mm -hmm. You're always going to be an alcoholic. It's just you've been sober for X number of years. Well, that's that's not Christian, right? Praise God for for AA and how people found freedom from, from substance abuse. But for the Christian, right? It's not, oh, I'm just a sinner and I've been a Christian for 40 years. No, it's, I'm a saint. I am in Christ. Mm-hmm. Do I still sin? Yes. Yeah. But that my fundamental identity is I've died with Christ. Sin has no reign over me. There's a new king in town yeah. and I'm united to him. And, and, and you know, he gives me his spirit so that by his grace, I can walk in newness of life. And so now I want to connect that to all of my life, not just the parts that are like safe and comfortable. Like, yeah. Jesus, you can have this part of my life, right? You know, I won't, I won't eat liver anymore, right? Well, <laughs> that's easy. I hate liver. <laughs> right. uh, no, with, with my money, with my time, mm-hmm. with my resources, with even the word my, it's not my time and my resources. Yeah. It's he's bought me with a price, therefore glorify God with your body, yeah. right? And all of your life. And so with my, with my marriage, with my parenting, with my thoughts, uh, with with every space of my mind and heart and body and soul and everything through and through, I want that to to influence and and uh, and, and affect every part of my life. And you know, I, I find that the more I'm thinking carefully and deeply about that and how Christ and who He is and what He's done connects to my life, I find it much easier to parent out of that mm-hmm. and help my kids see that. Yep. So, you know, I would just say, first, meditate on this. Right. right. Memorize passages like Romans 6 and Ephesians 2 yep. and uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I might have said it on here before, but I always think of, or I always use the analogy of the oxygen mask when you're on the plane. Yeah. <clears throat> that before you help anybody else, you've got to be breathing. Yes. And so then out of that, out of your own health, then you can help other people. And I'm going to steal that. 
Okay. I like that. I actually bought an Austrian mask online and I kind of hold it up Did sometimes really? and talk about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's it's cool. a good reminder because it's, I, I can't, yeah, I can't help anybody if I'm not breathing. Yeah. Um, so I've got to do that, not in a selfish way, but the, everything's got to flow out of my identity first yeah. in the gospel. And That's then uh, if it's on my heart, Jesus said, then out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth mm-hmm. speaks. And I think for a lot of dads, they don't even know what to talk about, but yes. it's like, well, what are you learning? What's yeah. God teaching you? Like, yes. what are you in awe of? Because we just do that. If we're excited about a yep. game or a show or a song yeah. or a picture, like we just share it. Like that's what we, that, that's the way God wired us. Yeah. And um, then let, let that happen in that's that good. area too. Yeah. Um, I'll share with, I'll start with some, some, uh, some other advice that, that a mentor of mine, Tom Schreiner, who teaches at Southern Seminary, if you've never read his books, he's a wonderful, not just scholar, who's written tons of commentaries and great books on theology. Uh, he's a pastor. We we were elders together, and he's just a godly Christian man, mm. yeah, humble. But you know, I remember him saying this statement to us early on, because we, we were asking him these kinds of questions. Right? Yeah, and and one of his first comments was, "Just be a, a Christian in front of your kids. That's just live Christianly. Be be a faithful Christian by God's grace." In front of your children, let your let your children see that. Mm-hmm. And and one of the ways that that we want our children to see that, uh, in, you know, in ways that we saw in, in Tom and Diane, his wife, is you know I want to be first in confessing and repenting of sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so how the gospel connects to my life and how I then parent out of that to my children is I, I want the gospel to see in my life. And so when I when I sin against my kids, when I, when I get angry or frustrated. I mean, even having a recent conversation with my oldest about, you know, thinking about work and he's about to turn 15 and we're saving up for a car and all this kind of stuff. And and I don't see a lot of motivation in him, you know, as much as I would like to see, right? right. Or maybe maybe it's just the kind of th- the kinds of things I want him to be passionate about, he's not passionate about, which yeah. honestly, when you think about that, it's because I want I want to make my son into an image of me. Yeah. And that's selfish. Yeah. So so identifying that idol in my own heart yeah. helps me parent Jonathan, right? <laughs> and so even talking about you know, I was getting frustrated and and you know, I was just like, Great, just this week I want you to go knock on X number of doors and I want you you're just gonna start mowing grass because that's what I did as a thirteen year old, fourteen <laughs> year old, you know, and and I was just harsh with him, you know, and and so man, uh, a few minutes later, um, we were out for a family walk and and I just I just walked up with Jonathan. It was just me and him. And I was just like, Jonathan, I'm sorry. Like, uh, I spoke with you in a way that wasn't honoring to God. And I apologize and I ask for you to forgive forgive me. Uh, I need God's grace just as much as you need God's grace. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think that those kinds of moments, man, it's hard. Yeah. I'm a prideful man yeah. and I want to be perfect, yep. right? And again, that's exposed to the problem because I'm trying to be Christ and the Messiah and in my home, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not the perfect one. Only Jesus is, and that's why we need to put our trust in Him. Yep. And so, um, you know, just being a Christian in front of our kids, we I want I want to be a faithful Christian husband, man, father, uh, just in front. Of, so I want to live out the gospel in my own life in our home. Uh, and a lot of times, that's just confessing, repenting of sin. I think another is just you know, in our in, in my rhythm, you know, I just know that first thing when I get out of bed, I need to reorient my mind and heart mm-hmm. to the Lord. Because uh, I can think about all the things I have to do in my day and so on and so forth and get anxious. So I, mean, I, t- I have to have my... Coffee. Uh, I'm just kidding. Co- co- yes, <laughs> coffee and Bible. But I have to be in God's Word. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm praying things like, satisfy me this morning in your steadfast love. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and so, you know, I, it's, I, I just, I know I need that. 
Yeah. I need God's grace, and I need a reminder of who I am in Christ and, what, and who God is and what he's done for me and all those kinds of things. So, um, you know, from a, from a, a young age, one of the best books that we found on, on really kind of, uh, I, I would say, teach your, your children, read scripture with your children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for us, make it natural. I think that was one of the early the early lessons I learned is, you know, I had these big, big plans. I mean, you know, uh, I, I love reading. You know, I taught theology for 10 years. Uh, you know, I thought like, hey, children, read this chapter of this systematic theology during the day. And when I get home, we can all discuss it. And you can sit with your hands, you know, folded on the couch. And right. it will be great and glorious when you get home. And it's terrible. Yeah, right? totally. Be, because that's just unrealistic expectation. And it was so unnatural and forced. And so... You know, I learned early on, and my wife and I, I mean, she's been so helpful to me. Um, I could not do this without her. Uh, Just make it natural. And so, you know, when they were young, while they were eating breakfast, that's just when we chose to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, kids, especially young, they want something to do, right? They can't just sit on the couch with their hands folded. I can't even do that. So how can I expect a four-year-old to do that, you know? (laughs) And so we would just read little snippets of Scripture, and and then we'd just ask one or two questions from it and talk about it. And uh, so— you know, from a from a very early one of the best children's kind of storybook Bibles, it's uh, the Big Picture Story Bible by David Helm. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. I actually recommend that to new Christians who have never read the Bible before because it it just unpacks the main theme of Scripture, which is God's kingdom, mm-hmm. which is God's people and God's place under God's rule, and they trace that from Eden to Christ to the new heavens and new earth. And it's a it's a great kind of book to give our children kind of the big picture of the Bible and how all things point to and are fulfilled in King Jesus and, and how he makes a new people for himself. So we read that. I mean, it's duct taped now all over the place because we wore that thing out. Uh-huh. As our kids got a little bit older, I'm thankful my wife was just like, you know what? I'm just going to start reading the Bible to them. And so from a pretty young age, I would say probably, I mean, our youngest was maybe, I mean, probably at the age of five or six, she just started reading uh, through the Bible. And so our kids have been through the Old and New Testaments, uh, Old Testament at least twice, New Testament probably four to six times. And she just reads through every morning when the kids wake up, uh, that's what they're doing. They're reading scripture. She, like she, a chapter? Yeah, a, a chapter a day. And commentating as you yep. go or just, yep. and, okay. And, and honestly, I mean, this is this is Cindy doing this because yep. I'm usually, I'm at work. Okay. If I'm home, I'll, I'll lead it. Okay. Uh, so, you know, like Saturdays, um, you know, or, you know, if there's a dad don't go to work, I, you know, I'll do it. But but honestly, it's Cindy doing that. Okay. And, and then when I get home uh, at the end of the, you know, dinner, I'm constantly asking questions. Hey, what did y'all read today? Mm-hmm. What did y'all learn? What, yeah. what did that teach you about God? Yeah. What did that teach you about, you know, your need for Christ? What did it teach you about Christ? How does that apply to your, you know, to our lives? So I'm just like, you know, and I think maybe another thing that's been helpful to me is is on my drive home from work, uh, I take time to think through Ephesians 5. And I mean, this is my routine every day. I turn off the radio, whatever I'm listening to, and I just think through Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church hmm. and gave himself up for her. Nourish her with your with, with your word. Yeah. And so, you know, it kind of helps me reorient. Like I'm about to step in to the home mm-hmm. where my natural instinct is I want to be passive. It's been a long day, tons of meetings, yep. tons of podcasts. No, <laughs> um, no you, you want to go home and, and you want to kind of tune out and, and be disengaged. And, and it's a, it's a, I have to remind myself, I don't go home to disengage. I go to engage in another way. Yep. And so I go and I think, so I try to think of questions, uh, you know, and usually it's, what did y'all read? What did y'all learn? You know, I'm, I'm just peppering questions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so man, read scripture like crazy and show 
how all Scripture from Old Testament to New points to and is fulfilled in Christ. So, so you know, think about Luke 24. They, their hearts burned when they saw Christ in the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I want my kids' hearts to burn because they see Christ in all of Scripture. Not Christ doesn't show up in—well, he technically shows up in, in Matthew 1 in the Incarnation, but— but uh, there were pointers to him all along, yeah. right? He's the greater prophet, priest, and king. He's the better, you know, Abraham, Israel, David. He's the better temple. He's the better covenant, right? The new covenant that he makes. He's he's the better everything, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I want my kids to, to man, rejoice and exult in the glory of Christ and God's plan to sum up all things in him, right? As Ephesians 1 says. And so we read scripture like crazy. Um, I think another way that we, that we try to do this, and Cindy's been really faithful at this, is we go through a thing called Operation World every day. Okay. If you're not familiar with that, Operation World is, is a book, now it's an app, where they give the latest uh, stats on every people group, every known people group in the world. Hmm. And 365 days, you pray for a people group, and it goes through, this is who they are, this is some of their history. It's about a page long. You can read through it with your kids. Um, you, uh, it gives uh, how to pray for them. This is how many, how, this is how many number of Christians that, that we know that there are. So like, you know, maybe think of Central Asia, Turkey. There's, I mean, 2%, right? 3% Christian, mm-hmm. right? So you think about a population that large, there's only, you know, a couple of hundred Christians. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we do that to, to open our kids' uh, eyes and, and view of the world and what God is doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when they were little, you know, we have a big map, a world map on the, on the wall. And, you know, so we'll open Operation World. We'll see the country. We'll say, who can go find it? You know, and so we'll find it on the map. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's just we're trying to open our kids' eyes to just outside of ourselves, yep. to, to God's work in the world and the Great Commission, right? That Christ has commissioned his disciples to go and make disciples of all the nations by baptizing and teaching and so on and so forth. Um, so we do Operation World. Um, you know, again, we just, this is probably part of our personalities. I know, you know, maybe not everyone's wired this way, but so it may, it may take more intentionality, but just just talk with your kids. Honestly, I think that's the just the Great. I mean, I would imagine you would agree. It's just have conversations, right? And 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 make it natural. So you know, it's not like you know you're waiting for the you know sixth inning of the baseball game. Then you're like, kids, did you know what I learned in the Bible today? You know, uh, like it's so like unnatural and right. forced. We just want to make it a part of our. That's the culture. That's the air that we breathe in our house. Yeah. So we just we we want to we want to see a, a big view of God and how. Uh, uh, huge view of God, it connects to every area of our life. Yep. And and so we just, you know, pray through and, and think about skillful questions to ask uh, of, of just, you know, I go home and this is what the Lord's teaching me. This is what I read. This morning I was reading in First Timothy 3. And, you know, I'll go home this, this evening at dinner and, and we'll talk about those kinds of things, you know, and I'll ask them what they're learning and and so on and so forth. So just, you know, make it natural. And this is really just Deuteronomy 6, right? When you, when you yep. wake up, when you go to sleep. When you rise, when you, you know, like you, you put the word here, you tie it on your fingers, you put it around your doorpost. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's getting God and his word in every corner of your life. Yeah. Right. And, and thinking through how to do that naturally, right. In ways that aren't forced or, or awkward. Yeah. You know? And you know what? There's going to be awkward moments. I yeah. That's the thing. And what's amazing is God could even use awkward moments for his glory. Yeah. And, uh. If, if my kids learn more about God through awkward moments, then praise God. Yeah. Right? And I think a lot of times it's, uh, we feel awkward in our minds, but yes. they don't. Like, they don't know the difference. Yeah. Because in our mind, we're like, I wasn't raised this way, or mm-hmm. this is weird. Okay, now I'm going to bring up the Bible. And, and a couple of things there. One is, 
again, they're not thinking that it's awkward. But number two, then the more you do it, though, so don't stop if it feels awkward. The more you do it, the more it's just natural. That's right. And I was amazed. I forget what I've shared in here before sometimes, but uh, I'll just share this again. We we did um, with our Parenting on Point class that we offered back in the fall. Uh, the last session, we had a panel of uh, of the grown kids, of the people that were the table leaders. And they were asking them, what are things that your family did that you you know appreciate or that you might do? And my daughter was on there, uh, Annabeth. Mm. And she said something like, we did family devos every day. And right away in my mind, I was like, uh, no, we didn't. Like, if we, <laughs> we didn't do yeah. it every day. It could have been something that we talked about or things like that. But in, when, in their mind, what they remember is different than what it, it might have yeah. actually been. And so just a reminder there that you don't realize even just your imperfect fumbling and stumbling through, here's a Bible story and I'm just going to share it. I'm just going to read. That, that impacts them and yeah. they're, they are listening. They might not act like it. Yeah. But just you have a bigger impact than you think. Yeah, and I think that's really important because I remember when we moved to Louisville, there's another uh, man, elder, professor who was elder of church and also taught at the seminary, uh, massively influential to me. I remember him telling me is a he, he has two daughters and he's like every night for thirty minutes I would spend I would spend thirty minutes with each daughter before they went to bed and we would talk about different aspects of theology. Hmm. And I thought, oh, but I, I guess I must do that too. You know, I need to spend <laughs> okay. thirty minutes with every kid. And then I went and talked to to somebody else, you know, who saying you know different elder, also taught at at, uh, at the seminary, and and he was just like, we never did family devotions. We just <laughs> we just talked about we just talked about the Lord and what He was teaching us, and we talked about Scripture kind of throughout the day, and and uh, so you know what that taught me, and maybe this is freeing for you men. Uh, I felt really burdened, like oh, I have to do it this way. And there is no one way. Yep. It's it's fine what works for you and your family. But the end of the day, if if you're not thinking about the Lord and you're not thinking about Christ and who he is and what he's done for you and your salvation, if you don't think about that, then you're not gonna cultivate a home that thinks about that. Yep. And and so, you know, again, that's that's the challenge for us is is I want I want that. And so as I'm pursuing that, that's going to be out, like you said, it's going to be out of the overflow of our hearts, right? Our mouth will, mouth will speak. Yep. Okay. Great. Yeah. Other ideas? Uh, a couple of us. So, I mean, pray together. Okay. Um, you know, and, and not just pray like for our own needs, but pray for pray for other families, pray for, uh, you know, and that includes like serve together, you know? Okay. So, so we've tried to, uh, you know, we were in Louisville sending the kids uh, and we serve, when I would get opportunities, they, every Friday they would serve at Scarlet Hope, which is a ministry to women in the adult kind of sex trafficking industry. Wow. And she would just take the kids up there and clean the offices on Fridays. And the kids were around to, to kind of see the ministry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we, when we come to Watermark, we have served together um, multiple times uh, just in, in some of our ministry partners. So, you know, Feed My Starving Children yeah. would go up there and spend a Saturday you know, part of a Saturday, you know, pack, pack, packaging together meals, right? And just so we're, we're trying to show our kids uh, and reminding ourselves, right? We don't live for ourselves, yep. right? And so, again, just kind of do, doing that together to give us give them a, a vision of, of what God is doing in the world. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, we just did that uh, a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, and it was really cool because yeah. it was amazing what we could get done in like two hours or less. I feel like it yeah. flew by. Yeah. So that was really awesome because at the end they tell you, here's how many kids you fed or, you know, you fed this. Mm-hmm. Many. I think we did 60 kids for a year or something like that. Yeah. It was really cool to hear. But also I loved it that it was very doable for every age. Yeah. Like different kids of mine could do, you know, scoop the rice yeah. or do the whatever. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where you feel like, okay, we can all join in this. 
no preparation, just show up. They explain it really well. And then you leave. And it was really fun to talk about. Like, wow, look at look at what we, you know, did specifically for that country. Because they'll tell you also, like, today we're going to be doing this for, you know, this country. Right. So that's uh, that's something that's local and really, yeah. really easy to, yeah. to do. That's great. Two, two last things I would say. I should have said this first. Maybe one of the first and foremost things, or at least at the top of the list, would be gather with your church. Okay. I think just take we take advantage of God's gifts of grace, and one of His gifts of grace is the, the His church. You know, Christ's bride. And so, you know, I think in our daily or weekly, you know, rhythms, it's it's a priority for us to to be with the people of God, sitting under the Word of God together for the preaching of the word and the administration of the ordinances of baptism and the Lord's Supper. And, I mean, that's just God's ordinary means of grace that he's given us as a family to 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 take part of. And and then, you know, afterward, we, we always make it a, you know, a habit to, you know, to, to talk about the sermon afterwards. Kids, what did you learn? Mm-hmm. What were some of the things that maybe you were convicted by or challenged by or encouraged by or something, you know, you learned that you didn't know before, or, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. What did you see about the character of God or— you know, anything. We're just trying to like pepper them with questions on the way home or on the lunch table. But man, the, the church is such a has been such a gift to us. And, you know, I cannot imagine uh, us as a family not not sitting under the preached word week in and week out. Mm-hmm. It's been such a gift for, for us and our kids. And they've done that from the time they were, I mean, literally babies. Yep. Um, they, they come to the Sunday morning service. Yep. And then the last thing is just, you know, we, we try to, to read or talk about uh, just Christian biographies. And not just like missionaries, mm-hmm. uh, as though like, oh, that's that's the super Christian. Right. That's, there's just ordinary faithful Christians who go where God called them to go to take the gospel to people who need to hear it. Yeah. And but we also talk about people like John Bunyan, who was a uh, who made shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he what they call a, a, a tinker, right? Yeah. And uh, you know that that famous quote by John Owen, you know, who was very different from from John Bunyan, you know, 18th century or 17th century. Uh, you know, he was this educated, you know, chancellor at Oxford and, you know, part of parliament and knew you know, Oliver Cromwell and all this kind of stuff. John Owen said, man, I'd give up all my learning if I could preach like that tinker. Wow. And so just showing our kids, kids, we don't know what God's called you to. Maybe it's it's to academia. Maybe it's to, to an Owen type of life. Yeah. Maybe it's just to make shoes. But you know what? You can glorify God and enjoy Christ. And whatever you do, mm-hmm. and so whatever vocation you know the Lord's calling you to, like we just want to put before them faithful Christians uh, who who have lived and died in the Lord uh, to encourage them and to encourage us. Yeah, that's so good. We would do that at least once a year. We would read uh, when it was like an updated version of the Fox's Book of Martyrs, but it was oh, Jesus yeah. Freaks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the DC Talk one. I've seen it, but we did. Uh, Every year around Halloween, when it was like we would talk about All Saints Day as well, like we would yep. read stories of the different guys who were martyred for their faith. Yeah, we had a really cool blessing, and I, I, I wish we could have lived there longer next to them. But we rented this is when we lived in California. But we rented a house from the church because I worked there part time, and the next the house next to us was the missionary furlough house. So every few months there would be a, a new couple or family living there because they were just on furlough. You know, and just to have them over and yeah. hear their stories. And I think just to make our kids see them and just go, these are normal people. Like they're yeah. not, like you said, super Christians. They're just talking about what they, you know, what they do over there or what their lives are like. Yeah. And um, it was just a really cool way to, you know, have a little insight because we'd have some from Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Uh, we had one from, he had been part of the, under, working with the underground church in China. Mm. But it was just cool for them to see even the excitement of like, this is what people are doing. Yeah. Today, not just mm-hmm. way back in the day, too. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, 
Well, great. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, dads, yeah, dads, I hope you've been encouraged. And again, if there's just a thing that you can begin to do, mm-hmm. I think the the big theme that even I'm picking up from everything you shared, Orin, is just God's word. Yeah, It just being uh, reminding yourself of the gospel, but reading the word. Um, and, and we can do that. I think a lot of times we as dads get intimidated thinking I've got to have, you know, a big family devo with an illustration and a craft planned and um, that my kids are going to be so excited. And they might not be, yeah. but it's just, do I believe the word of God is living and active and yeah. sharper than, you know, double-edged sword and it can get to their heart. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what I got to rely on too. Yes. That God's at work in them, whether I see it or not. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, dads, we are praying for you guys and um, thanks for joining us. Again, just a reminder uh, to love God, live his word and lead your family. And we'll talk to you next time.